Happy Nevada Day. Welcome to the What's Right Show, friends. Uh, Every year this month, the month of October, the last Friday uh, of the month, we celebrate Nevada Day, this great state we call home. And uh, good news, parents, in approximately three years uh, from today, we will get the day off on Halloween. That's right, in the year 2025, October 31st is the last Friday of the month. And so it becomes that wonderful, you know, every, however many years uh, you get that uh, day off on Halloween, which of course is uh, fantastic. Now, I, uh, I want to take this uh, Friday today and reflect a little bit on the race here in Nevada and give you some updates that I think you might both find encouraging and informative. Now, no ballots are getting, at least theoretically, getting counted just yet, but we are able to track what ballots have been returned based on party registration. And so this is uh, not a clear indicator of how the election is going here at home, uh, but because uh, you can... I guess, see what kind of engagement you have from people based on their party. You have some idea of where things are headed. Now, overall, I think that the the summation is that Republicans are doing well, but the race is tight. So you're looking at a probably a 1.5% advantage of Republican ballots over Democrat uh, ballots, So it would be, I think, relatively consistent with polling data on how some of these races are looking. Now, the the other interesting thing is that Republican engagement is up uh, this election uh, versus 2018 and 2020 even. Well, 2018, there's the 2018 election is more informative because that's a midterm election. And so, yes, engagement, Republican engagement seems to be up. Now, remember, though, a critical component in all of this is the, um, the unaffiliated voters, right? The undeclared, un, uh, 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 you know, not, no party, nonpartisan uh, voters. And that, those votes, of course, are up for grabs. And so, you know, we had yesterday, I saw, just to give you an idea, that in Clark County, uh, you had in one day, let's see here, what was the totals for the day? You had about 32%, 32% um, was Democrat, 48% Republican, and then 18.9% other. And the 18.9% other, I mean, that could sway the race, right? Even though you're up by about 1,800 votes on the Republican side, uh, you definitely could still end up uh, with a with a problem, you know, with depending on how these votes go. Now, I personally think, looking at all of this, that the advantage is Republican and things are looking good. But you must get out there and vote if this election matters to you at all. You must vote. The other thing I will continue to remind you is all three questions. My recommendation is no, and particularly 
Number three, which is ranked voting. This benefits incumbents. This is a uh, snake in the grass that the Democrats want to push forward in the state. Do not, do not get tempted and lured by it. So no on all three questions, uh, particularly number three. A number of you have reached out to me. And by the way, any questions on any of this at any time, please uh, reach out to me at sam at samandashlaw.com. That's my personal work email. And I do check that and I do respond to you all as much as I possibly can when you do uh, directly reach out to me. So that's the summation of the race. Now, one bit of tasteless news here, uh, no big surprise from shutdown Steve, our soon-to-be ex-governor. We had, uh, of course, uh, today the funeral took place for a fallen officer uh, who, uh, you know, was was shot and killed in the line of duty uh, about a week ago. And during that procession, and I believe even during the funeral, uh, Sisolak is tweeting. Now, it's not him, right? I understand that. But his team is so out of touch that they can't stop putting out the automated tweets when their own guy, their own candidate, is at, at a funeral. This is maddening give you an idea, you know, just, it was all banal stuff, right? It was, um, and I had it, oh, I had it here somewhere, but it was all just basic stuff that he was, that they were sending out. It was typical campaign stuff, uh, but it was, it was just, it missed the point, right? Because uh, this, of course, seems to me to be a bit tasteless. So that, 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 that occurred today as well. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, power to parent, that's a group uh, that I have a degree of alignment with. They've put out a voting guide that I, I, I like quite a bit, particularly on the school board. School board's uh, positions are essential, okay? And some of it uh, appears at first blush to be nonpartisan. It is anything but that, because some of the people on these boards are lunatics. And then, uh, of course, they have an inordinate amount of power over what is taught to our children. So, Power to Parent, uh, that is the group I suggest you uh, look at and uh, look at their voting guide. Alan Stock here uh, on KXNT, he supports um, that uh, group as well. What do I make of the Pelosi, uh, Paul Pelosi assault uh, case? Uh, this uh, last night, if you haven't heard, kind of a an interesting deal. I, I guess uh, somebody broke into the Pelosi household uh, armed with a hammer and caused uh, quite a bit of bodily harm to to Paul Pelosi, husband of Nancy Pelosi. Now, the Speaker of the House was not home in San Francisco. She was in Capitol Hill, and therefore her security detail, she's protected by Capitol Hill, uh, Capitol Police officers, was not at the residence. So the guy somehow was able to get in, attack uh, Paul Pelosi, husband of Nancy Pelosi. He ended up in the hospital and is expected, according to news sources, to make a full recovery. I hope, of course, uh, that it is not a political attack uh, because we don't do this. This is not something I would, I would celebrate in the least. Now, I would not equally... Uh, celebrate uh, a random attack 
of criminal violence. However, if it is a burglar that came into the Pelosi household, I hope that the Pelosi's, along with all other Democrats, realize that criminals are non-discriminatory in who they target. What do I mean by this? Uh, I think we all remember uh, Jacqueline Avant earlier this year, uh, attacked in a home invasion robbery, killed in her home own home in uh, Beverly Hills. This is a, a gal whose son-in-law is the head of Netflix. They gave Boku bucks to Gascon, the DA in L.A. that is letting criminals run free. And we do, of course, here on this program, never celebrate a death at all. This was a tragedy and absolutely 100% preventable, in my view, because the guy that we knew in this particular case, the guy that committed this heinous crime, had been let out on bail multiple times. The guy who should have been behind bars. And we, uh, particularly now in this election, need to be very explicit in how we vote because the Democratic Party has become the party of, of criminal apologists. And in order to have a safe society, in order to have a successful and economically vibrant society, we have to protect life and property. It is essential. And so, again, with the case with Jacqueline Avant, what I sensed was uh, that, um, you know, that, that there was some reflection among the liberal elites in L.A. where they said, well, shoot, it, it can happen to us. And I hope uh, perhaps this is a wake-up call to rich, liberal San Franciscans, many of whom are absolutely down with the woke agenda vis-a-vis -vis crime and homelessness, that even a house no doubt as secure as the one the Speaker of the House lives in can be breached. And that if this person had any criminal history that would have, uh, under, uh, I guess, a more rigorous um, application of law, put that person away in, in a place where they could not perpetrate this crime, that might be a uh, reason to reflect now, I will remind you, by the way, and I hope none of you are celebrating this attack on Paul Pelosi because if uh, I go back in history a little bit, it was Nancy Pelosi's daughter that had a tweet removed when she celebrated the battery, a serious assault on Rand Paul. And uh, I'm seeing a, a lot of, uh, you know, side-by-side -side comparisons of libs that are, were celebrating the attack on Rand Paul, including Nancy Pelosi's own daughter, whose father, of course, now is at the hospital, uh, suffering of an, of, of an attack uh, on him. Unclear exactly the motives for that. Uh, but uh, this is, you know, we, we don't do this. This is not who we are. Um, uh, where was it? I saw this. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Uh, this is John Pavlovitz, you know, uh, back in May th uh, 2020, John Pavlovitz, I get Ron Paul's neighbor. And then, of course, uh, today, John Pavlovitz, the attack on Paul Pelosi is the direct result 
of Fox News and the GOP's purposefully irresponsible rhetoric, it will continue to get worse. Uh, you know, he's jumping to conclusions here. You know, I, I, we don't know if it was a politically motivated attack. Of course, I saw photos, uh, side note, I saw photos at the scene of the investigation and the FBI showed up. I wish all of us were as important as the Pelosi's to have the FBI investigate home invasions. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I think so too. All right, don't go anywhere. Yes, I'm going to get to the Twitter thing. I cannot wait. Uh, I, I, I'm on it. But there's a lot to go through today, so stay tuned and buckle up. You're listening to The What's Right Show, powered by Sam and Ash Injury Law, here on News Talk 840 KXNT. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. And welcome back to the program. You're listening to The What's Right Show, powered by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Visit them at samandashlaw.com or call 702-820-1234. Uh, friends, uh, I am always pleased to have this time with you every day. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's a delight, uh, honestly, and I love hearing from you. So, Again, uh, you have my email, sam at samandashlaw.com. Reach out to me anytime. I have a day job. I am an attorney. I represent, in fact, some of you uh, have um, called me and I'm, I'm helping you out. And you are just, you're wonderful clients. You're, you're wonderful listeners. And I'm, I'm just so pleased to call you a friend, a neighbor, uh, and fellow life traveler. So, Appreciate all of you uh, very much, deeply. I read, I see, seeing here that ABC News is reporting that uh, the assailant that entered the Pelosi home was asking for Nancy, indicating that it, it, it could have been a uh, obviously a targeted attack and one that might have some you know some political implications. So this is um, you know we'll see. We'll, we'll wait for this investigation to, to take its course. Uh, I at this point. Uh, I'm not sure if, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to wait to see how this all uh, shakes out. Uh, so certainly, I think we'll know more on Monday. Uh, stock market doing great today. Uh, why? I think, well, there's a lot of different factors, but I think that there is something that is being missed in this um, conversation about Twitter. Because everybody right now, conservatives, we are excited about the prospect of having a social media platform that isn't rigged against us. Right? Does that make sense? Of course it does. Because it has been rigged <laughs> very clearly. Uh, conservative accounts have been throttled or shadow banned. That's where, you know, you, you can't, somebody, you know, with, with thousands of, of followers and somebody even perhaps of, of political importance will tweet things out and, and, and followers of that person won't see those tweets because the people over there at Twitter HQ were turning the dials and, 
and 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 playing with the formula, with the code that made uh, people whose opinions they didn't like less visible on the platform. And with that, uh, those types of, of of thumbs on the scale, so to speak, this was of course a place that we conservatives didn't want to be, and that is primarily, I'll be honest, why I I didn't go on Twitter very much. I mean, I would go there and I'd look for certain, you know, particular people that I follow and uh, keep tabs on, but I, I didn't have a desire really to build up any kind of engagement. But now, with Elon in the saddle, I'm doing that. I and I and I've, you know, I'm I'm starting to be a little bit more outspoken, let's say. So do follow me on there. That's what's right, Sam at what's right Sam on Twitter and also on Instagram. But Instagram, that's where I put up pictures of cars and kids and cute dogs and that kind of stuff. But I had a point here and it was more of an economic one. And permit me to explain this. I think that there's going to be a shift that will come, that is happening today, now, but will continue to develop over time. And that is... I think people that are smart, even people that are left-wing but care about money are realizing that left-wing partisanship isn't profitable. And I, by by the way, there's no, (laughs) right-wing partisanship is profitable, actually, which is the the funny, ironic thing, right? If If you go into a show uh, you know, look, uh, Sean Hannity, let me give you that as an example. That is a raw, raw GOP, n- no depth program. Okay, I love Sean, but that's what it is. It's purely partisan radio and, and TV. But Sean's very good at doing what he does. And, and, and by the way, he has a tremendously loyal following. And those people buy the products he endorses. And he gets ratings. This is why, you know, when all the big money got behind radio, uh, liberal radio, what was it, Radio America, Robbie? What was it called? I've blissfully forgotten the name of the, the station. This is embarrassing. But at any rate, when they got behind that, they, um, what, 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 what occurred? They, they went out of business. When CNN decided to go full in for all the liberal craziness, they, their ratings began to tank and are tanking. In fact, right now, I see and I believe that what Elon Musk will do at Twitter will be to make it far more commercially viable because people are actually going to want to be there, not just the libs, but conservatives too. And I, I, after the break, I'm going to get into what my, I think what, what I want personally from, from Twitter, what I want from social media, what I see as the likely path here and why I think, you know, what, what, I, what I want to get from it, I guess, you know, intellectually and culturally. But I want to first start with the economic component of it. I think Twitter is going to be a, a success, a, a huge commercial success for, for Elon I think this is, he's saying he's going into it for the good of humanity. He's putting out those kind of tweets. The banks going into this did not 
Okay, J.P. Morgan Chase didn't write a $13 billion check because they think that Elon's doing something for the good of humanity. You have to understand that. And the commercial side of this is that people will, the engagement will go up because it's going to be a real reflection of the country instead of a a little micro-nanny state where the liberal hall monitors were constantly putting conservatives in timeout. So I got to run. I got to take a break. Uh, News Talk 840 KXNT. I'll be back in just a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit salmonashlaw.com. Greetings, friends. Sam Rajovsky here. Hey, people are threatening to leave Twitter. Howard Dean himself. Uh, bailing. He says he's bailing today, after today. Uh, are these the same folks that threatened to leave back in 2016 when Trump became president? Uh, maybe. <laughs> we should have Kamala make a Venn diagram of those uh, two groups. Lots of overlap, I suspect. Welcome to the program. Sam Rajovsky here. The What's Right show continues, powered by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Now, that is my firm, so I can tell you about it better than just about anyone out there. If you are the kind of person that would never, ever, ever hire a personal injury lawyer to represent you after an injury, then we are the firm for you. And I mean that. That's literally who we are. Some of our clients... um, Um, In fact, quite a few of them will call and say, you know, I just got uh, into an accident. Something happened. I know I need uh, you guys to help me out, but I literally would not call anyone else. And that is, uh, by the way, the best compliment uh, you can give me and Ashley, and that's because we are the good guys. We're an ethical firm. We're not going to build your case into something that it isn't. Your injury is what it is. You deserve fair compensation. You deserve not to worry about it. You have a business to run, a job to do, a family to shuttle around. You got stuff going on. Let us do the paperwork. Let us process the claim. Let us talk to the insurance company and hassle with them. We do that. We put that on ourselves. And by the way, I have, I am so lucky. I have a tremendous business partner, law partner, And together, we have an incredible team here with really happy, uh, you know, productive and and smart people that we take care of uh, to make sure that they take care of you. So together, uh, we are your firm. Uh, Gosh forbid you ever do need an injury lawyer. Um, Don't call anyone else. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Oh, the number. Yeah, that's, if Ash is listening, I don't want her getting mad. It's 702-820-1234, 820-1234. And you can even text that number. If you want to call back, you can just text 702-820-1234 and say, hey, give me a call back tonight. I heard Sam talking. I, I think I need some help. I need to run something by you. And of course, if you don't want to do that, you want to reach directly uh, me. I, I check my email personally. 
sam at samandashlaw.com. I do respond to you. And any legal question that you have, any problem, please don't hesitate. If I can help, I will. All right. The Twitter news. I'm talking about this even if, friends, you are not on Twitter. This is huge. Because in my opinion, the last presidential election was messed with. And I'm not necessarily talking about the votes in and of themselves, right? I'm not talking about the ballot harvesting. I'm not talking about all the funny ballots that got printed and sent all over Timbuktu. I'm not talking about the people that showed up with trash bags filled with filled out ballots. No, I'm talking about the influence that social media and mainstream media wields the monopoly that they have over information. Now, they don't have that monopoly on, uh, over you, right? Because you've chosen to opt out of this world, this fictional world that they've created by listening to this program, for example. You tune into KXNT, you know what's actually going on out there. But the problem is, is that most people don't. And you're confronted with this constantly, aren't we? We, you know, you, we go out and we talk to a friend and we start getting into the issues and, and, and you know, you, you suddenly find out how, how low information voters, how low they really are in terms of their comprehension of what's going on. So Twitter now has an opportunity and Elon Musk is saying that he intends to make it a platform of free expression, particularly here in the U.S., and that he believes that it is a way to basically work around traditional media. He is gunning for the monopoly that traditional media has on information and political thought. And this could be, to to me, this is the most encouraging statement a vision that he has made so far to date. Now, uh, last night, it was about 6.30, uh, they, uh, Elon showed up and uh, fired the CEO, the CFO, and the thought police officer in charge of, well, this lady personally was responsible for booting President Trump off the platform, so... Uh, they all got shown the door. You, you know, I, I, obviously, they're the first, I don't know, they're the first people held responsible for monkeying with the election in 2020. Uh, held responsible. They're not being held responsible the same way we are. You know, when we run afoul of their uh, sensibilities, we end up in jail. When they run afoul of us, finally, when we come along and, Reality strikes them. They get sent out with a you know thirty million dollar payday, which is what the CEO, the departing CEO, got because his shares, of course, are worth a lot more with Elon Musk in charge. But you know, neither here nor there. Change is afoot, and I mentioned last segment a little bit about the economic impact of that. That is going to be huge, and it will be validating. And other platforms will have to look at it. Look at what Facebook is doing. I mean, we spoke about this yesterday, didn't we? I mean, Facebook stock is cratering. Their performance is way down. 
And again, they're obsessive about thought policing the internet. Now, what I want, friends, I want the liberals to stay on the platform. I want to hear from people who I disagree with. That's interesting. That's real. That's challenging. I don't want it to be a place of monolithic, for monolithic thought and, and one opinion prevails. In fact, I'll be honest with you, this is why I never really uh, adopted Parlor or Truth Social. I mean, it's just boring on there. It's, I don't know, it's just a bunch of people who think mostly like I do. I mean, I, I don't want that. And it's, it's particularly fascinating to me to see all the people crying about the platform going to hell and that now that Elon owns it, they're out. Because I truly am starting to realize that liberals do want a world where they do not hear any opposing opinion. And I believe, folks, that it's because they know that their opinions will fail on the free, open marketplace of ideas. They know that when they're challenged, they sound ridiculous. They can't defend sexualization of young kids, gender education for second graders, fifth graders going to drag shows sponsored by schools, by the way, right here in Las Vegas, Clark County Supervisor Tick Siegerblum, noted liberal icon, pot-smoking, uh, fiend that he is, well, leave that to him, but any, at any rate, organizing drag show bingo, family-friendly, got pictured with a couple of kids. We featured it, of course, here on the program. You think local media picked that up? Nope. If it weren't for Twitter, that story would not be getting around. By the way, who put up the picture of Tick with the drag queen and two little kids? Tick did. And it's exactly my point. In their echo chamber, in their world of unchallenged thought, he didn't think twice about it because he, he thought it was perfectly acceptable. He didn't understand that a majority of Nevada thinks he's a groomer. <laughs> just, and that's my point in all of this. By the way, when you allow confrontation, challenge of thought, what do you also do? I mean, I think you, you I, th I think it brings moderation, right? It brings balance. I will admit that oftentimes I'll hear an opposing opinion and it, you know, upsets me or a little bit and I, I think about it and it, it forces me to challenge assumptions that I'm making. And to think about things. And what happens usually, because I, friends, am almost always right. <laughs> what happens is, is I come up with better reasoning for why I am correct in my beliefs. And if I didn't have that challenge, I, I, I wouldn't have that opportunity. And I think a lot of you are nodding and agreeing and you enjoy, you go to work and, and go to church and hang out with people that, you, you know, so not everybody thinks exactly as you do. 
But politics is very different to something like sports, right? You can you can tell a diehard Cowboys fan all about your favorite team, but you're not going to persuade him to change his allegiance, right? But politics is different. Politics has to do with the rules of life. It has to do with the rules of economics. It has to do with the rules of, of, of society. Of matters that uh, I believe truly come down to right and wrong. And there, the power of persuasion is so vital. And what we Republicans have to do, and this, friends, is uh, the, the takeaway really from today's program. What we Republicans need to do and need to start doing in as powerful of a way as we can, is try to talk to people that disagree with us and convince them, right, of why we're right on certain things like school choice, right? Protecting kids from this wackadoodle uh, gender terrorism perpetrated by the fringe of the Democratic Party, right? But but what's going on is a lot of people are just accepting it because they're fearful, because they've been cowed into silence and threatened with cancellation. Again, another reason why a free and open Twitter owned by Elon Musk and protected by this new management is vital. But we can convince them why, why taxation, right, is, you know, can be punitive and counterproductive to growing an economy and raising the standard of living for the poorest in it. We need to talk to people. We need to convince and bring them over. And that's something, by the way, I hope to achieve with this program is I really want more than anything to hear from you if, if your opinion has changed over time. Email me. Tell me your story. I would love to hear from you. Sam at SamAndAshLaw.com. Have you... Have you seen the light in the last year or two? Because I know many of you have. And, uh, and that is, I think, frankly, what this is all about. All right, got to take a quick uh, break here. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show, powered by Sam and Ash, continues after this. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. I guess uh, yesterday a guy glued himself uh, to a painting, a famous painting, Girl with a Pearl Earring by Johannes Vermeer. Uh, this is in The Hague in the Netherlands. <clears throat> Part of a troubling trend that these climate activists, total idiots, are doing, destroying artwork or attempting to destroy artwork, get attention for themselves. A couple of observations on all of this. One, uh, by giving them, you know, posting these videos and putting them online, I think just encourages it uh, and feeds the problem, right? They're doing it to get attention. Two, I am baffled in all of these videos. You see security standing and just 
you know, on the, on the microphone and, and, and calling backup. You know, I, I think at what point do we just in these museums give these guys batons and say, look, if you're, if you're going to threaten a priceless masterpiece that is a piece of history that is in a public museum for all of us to enjoy, at what point do these goobers just get one over the head? I mean, how fast drying is this glue? You hit the guy hard enough with the baton, you, go, you know, get, get, him, get him off of it. They're ruining, by the way, they're ruining the museum experience for all of us because now we won't be able to get anywhere near these masterpieces, those of us who don't go around defacing them, whether it's pouring goop or paint or whatnot, gluing ourselves to these tremendous works of art. Of course, also these climate activists, they're, they're out there. One of their protests, there's a whole movement to stop farming. There's got to be a theory. Uh, there is, in fact, but I'm just saying it here. This is the theory of people that you know, life gets so good that at some point we begin doing things to deliberately sabotage our earthly existence. Because, yes, I think we do need to do away with farming. So these people, these idiots over here, don't eat. It's a great idea. Now, speaking of idiots uh, protesting their uh, problems, uh, Prince Harry's book is coming out. Now, I can't believe I'm talking about this. I just humor me for a moment. I found an excerpt from it, and um, I was... No, it was, it, it's, it's horrifying what is in it. Uh, <laughs> I, no, it, I, I'll, 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 I don't even know if I'll read it. It, it. He's talking about how he went through, um, he went through, he was walking on the street somewhere in LA and he had, he had alcohol with him and a loaded gun. Now, if this is a real excerpt from the book or not, I'm, it's, it certainly seems to be have some credibility in how he ended up stopping in a bowling alley. And he, I, I mean, it is, if, if the book is anything like this, it is total crap. This is a guy um, who honestly, right, has uh, served in the military, Right? We got to give him respect for that. Uh, but since then has profited only off of the fact that he's got, you know, a, a, a somewhat famous family. But to me, the story is most tragic because you have a guy who is close with that family. And whatever problems they had, we all have problems. All of our families, you know, we, we, we nothing's perfect, right? But the most relatable thing for me about uh, Prince Harry is the fact that, not that his family is, is, you know, perhaps there's some problems, but that he meets a girl. And the girl, Meghan Markle, of course, we know who she is. She has what? She has a bad overall relationship with her family, right? She's not close with her siblings. She's fallen out with her dad. I guess she's got a, you know, maybe some kind of, you know, some kind of a relationship with her mom. And what does she do? She sucks Prince Harry into her world completely. 100% succubus. Just brings him in. And we've all had 
friends that have fallen prey to women like this, right? Or, um, or you know, family members, certainly. I, I know some of you, I've, I've, I've talked to you, you've, you've lost kids to a, a relationship where they meet somebody and that person just brings them into their world. And, um, and it's sad. And by the way, when you're inside this type of, a, I honestly think it's an, an abusive hostage Type, type deal here in terms of relationships. But anyway, when you're in it, you, you don't see anything. You, you, you're all ensconced, surrounded by that person. And now we have to, uh, we're going to be listening to this book. The name of the book, by the way, is, um, is uh, Spare, because, you know, he's the spare son. You know, just in case something happens to Prince William, he would be, you know, next in line. The hashtag that is trending for this book news is spare us, which I think is well put. But in all of this, I, I, I think you can't forget the fact that you've got a guy that just got derailed by a crazy, um, narcissistic uh, a woman. And by the way, there's crazy narcissistic men too, right? This is not a male-female thing. It's just you can have somebody who is a little weak, who is a little unsure of himself, who feels uh, perhaps a little bit uh, marginalized, and they fall prey. People like that fall prey to a partner who comes along and, and promises them, I don't know, that strength gives them strength. But one thing, one thing that you absolutely have to watch out for, friends, and I know we've got some younger listeners who haven't gotten married yet or still dating and whatnot, you, you've got to make sure... Look, if you're dating somebody, it's you. If they don't have a healthy relationship with their parents, find out why. There's got to be a good reason for it. And more often than not, the reason is is one that you should uh, should make alarm bells uh, go off. All right, friends. All good things come to an end. You've listened to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky here. Have a great weekend. Enjoy, and I will see you back here on Monday. Thank you.